Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Fancy Files podcast. I am one of your hosts, uh, Greg, and uh, I am joined today with the very lovely power couple of the uh, Exrosaurus Rex and Robin the Flobin. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing all right. Robin's name is Flobin because... She once was in the flow and then realized she had to get out of the flow. Do, would you like to explain that to us, Robin? Well, I just got to get out of the flow. Right. After so many years of being in the flow, realizing that the flow was what was causing all your problems. Yeah. <laughs> if no one gets that reference, then, well, too bad for you. Um, so what is the Fancy Files podcast? Well, it's in the name. It's a podcast, people. What? Uh, what? Really? Wow, that's amazing. Um, so we are an organization, a ministry, maybe, uh, called Christian Service. And, uh, you know, we believe in honoring the Lord, glorifying God. And, and, and part of doing that uh, in the ministry is doing this podcast where we're just going to be discussing Bible verses and topics and you know, who knows what else we'll get into down the road. Uh, maybe we'll deal with the cults or the occult, uh, c- Christian conspiracies and stuff like that. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see where it flows. <laughs> so we're gonna, Robin has to get back in the flow. So all that work she did, <laughs> it's over. Um, so what have we been? Uh, we've been in a, in a series uh, the past few podcasts uh, in Philippians chapter 4, and we're actually going to get Robin to read that uh, in just a moment. Um, and it's dealing with uh, the passage is talking about anxiety. Now, anytime you bring up anxiety, there's you kind of get two extremes in the church. And so you'll get people who will go to one extreme where if you have anxiety, then you should, you know, the Lord will heal you. And if you're not getting healed, there's a problem with you. Uh, and so don't go to medication, look exclusively to the Lord. And then you'll get on the other side where it's like, no, God is not going to heal you. What is wrong with you for thinking that way? I'm having, I'm dealing with anxiety and that's it. This is how I will feel for the rest of my life. And I think in those two extremes, you, there's obviously problems with it because well, on, on one side you have the people who it's like, oh, you didn't get healed. What did you do wrong? ignoring entirely other scriptures in the Bible that talks about suffering. And I think uh, misapplying verses in healing, even though we absolutely 100% believe that the Lord heals. And then on the other side, it's just kind of accepting that God won't heal you, that this is the one thing that God has decided I ain't touching. So we're going to look at what the scripture has to say um, regarding anxiety. Now we, are not doctors. We want to say that right off the bat. Um, we are not here giving medical advice. We are not telling anyone who is suffering with anxiety to get off their medication uh, and, and throw that out and completely trust the Lord. I know there's been some people who've done, who've said that. And I believe that there has been disastrous results in the past of people, I, even going as far as getting rid of their glasses. Throwing my glasses out, I'm healed! And then going home and trying to find their backup pair because they weren't healed. But, you know. So we're not giving medical advice. If you feel that God has healed you in any way, then you go and, and to a doctor and confirm that. Because uh, we know that there are some powerful meds out there that people get on that to just jump off them could, be, could have some very dangerous consequences. So if after listening to this podcast, you're like, I'm getting rid of my meds. You did not hear that from us. You did not hear that from me, from the Ezrasaurus Rex, or from Flobin. We'll just stick okay. it on that board of things that were not actually said. <laughs> things that absolutely, yeah, yeah. We get accused of saying a lot of stuff, and it's like, oh, we never said that, but okay. Um, now, having said that, we also recognize that within our culture, Anytime someone might have an issue or something, pills are thrown at people. So now you have the opposite end of of that. Uh, And, you know, so, you know, people who deal with anxiety, there obviously there's a lot of stuff going on there. And for every individual, it's different. For example, right now, 
with the COVID situation, I think a lot of people have been dealing with anxiety. You can't have, you know, for us living in Canada, uh, specifically in Quebec, you can't have a year of heavy restrictions a year. And, you know, no church, no gatherings, nothing, and expect that you're going to be perfectly 100% all right. People are, are suffering, their mental health is deteriorated, and people are affected by this. Now, having said that, obviously, everyone is different. And there are some people out there who, who have legitimate problems. And just like any other organ in the body, the brain, sometimes it doesn't work well. And you do need legitimate medication to help you with that. In other cases, like you said, we're talking about as circumstances come upon a population or upon, you know, maybe there's a horrible death in the family or something terrible has happened that's going to affect your mental health. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be put on medication if that happens. Maybe you do for a season. Uh, and that's obviously with, you know, talking to doctors and that. And then you do have cases where people, um, they're just unhealthy. They don't exercise. They're lazy. They don't eat right. You do that, you're going to have problems, okay, that you could probably avoid, have avoided, you know, putting yourself in a situation where you end up getting sick, where you do need medication. So there's all sorts of reasons on why people uh, are suffering with with anxiety issues, whether it is genetic, whether it is environment, whether it is you shot yourself in the foot, whatever the reason is, you know, people are suffering. And for us as Christians, the Bible has a lot to say about our life. And it does talk about how we should respond to anxiety issues we may we may face specifically dealing with you know how we think and i wonder if people realize that that the bible actually tells you what it gives you tools on how to think and how to respond to certain situations <clears throat> um you know for for those of you who are suffering who are listening to this and are suffering with anxiety you know that when you go and, and especially if it's like a serious issue where you do need to go deeper than just medication that you you're, you're meeting up with a counselor or, or whoever uh, and what do they do they give you they help you recognize well what are your triggers they help you to to deal with it so it's not foreign even within the secular society <clears throat> that you yourself are going to have to put in some level of work to help you deal with these issues. It's not, well, just here's the meds, have at it. You know, if you have a, a heart disease, it's not, here's the meds, life is normal, you know, continue as, as, as normal. Well, no, they're going to be like, okay, well, here's medication for your heart, but you need to change your diet. You need to change your lifestyle. Because if you don't, this is a waste of time. So it's the same thing with, with, you know, any problem that you might have. If you have problems with your bowels, you know, there's a lot of inflammatory bowel diseases. And they could give you medication all they want if you keep eating things that are going to trigger the pain and all the wonderful symptoms that come after it, anything with the bowels. Well, that's on you. You're not putting in the effort to try to, to get healthy. Um, and some people, it's the same thing with, with mental health is that, are you trying to put an effort in to change and to help yourself to become healthy? Or do you just know this is what I'm going through and that's it. And, and obviously that's dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous. So, you know, even though I, we know people who have suffered terribly from mental health and we see they're putting in effort. They're putting in effort. And maybe, you know, you're hearing this and you're suffering and you're, you're suffering terribly with it. You may be thinking, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how hard it is. And you're absolutely right. We have no idea how hard this is for you. We have no idea what you're going through and how awful it is. And we're not going to try to come here and point our fingers and say, that's how dare you. No, we don't. But you know who does know? God knows. And God cares. He cares about you. He cares that you're you're going through this problem and he wants to help you. 
And as Christians in the word were commanded to respond in a certain way to him, that will, I believe, can help us, you know, to get to a place where we can get victory, um, where we can overcome a pattern of thinking. And that's, and that's what happens. It could be years of this, but you start to get into a pattern of thinking that's negative. I think a lot of people, because of COVID, because of the constant bombardments of negativity, have gotten themselves into a pattern of thinking that's always towards negative. It's just because that's just how we've been bombarded and we've, have we done anything to fight it? I know some people said, I've had to stop watching the news. I've had to stop reading social media. That in of itself is a step you take to overcome and not allow yourself to get to continuously get bothered by it. I'm a sports fan. This season for the Canadians has been one of the ugliest seasons I've ever watched. And it's not that it's the worst team that they've ever assembled. It's because of the fact that they've crammed so many games into a short period of time that in a typical season, they don't play that many games in a week, that some of the games have become unwatchable. Yeah, it's just unwatchable. So if it's unwatchable, it's like, oh, I, this is starting to get annoying. I can't watch this. I've had to personally myself say, I'm, I have to pull back and not watch some games. Those are steps I've taken to you know, not put myself through the awfulness of really terrible hockey. And you're probably thinking, what does this have to do with anxiety? Well, it's steps you take. And people who struggle with anxiety, um, whether it is a physical problem that they need medication or it's their lifestyle or whatever it is, you can, your mind is going to start to, to be in the negative where you're thinking negative thoughts and that can start to build up. Okay, well, does the Bible have anything to say about how we think? It does. And these passages that we've been studying give us the tools as Christians to help us so that we're not always, we're not always in the negative state. I think it's, it's unfortunate, but in our culture, the way maybe we do deal with anxiety, it's almost like, oh, you're broken and you're going to be broken forever. And you can start to think that. That's a lie. Even if there is something wrong, it doesn't mean you're broken. If you're struggling with something, it doesn't mean you're broken. First of all, the Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that we're all under the curse of creation. We're all under that curse. So in reality, everyone's broken, if you want to use that terminology. So it's not just like, oh, only these people are broken and poor them. Or poor me, or however you you know you feel about it. So, don't believe the lie that you can't get into a, a pattern where a lifestyle where even with this these problems you have legitimate problems, horrible problems, hindering problems that you can't actually go forward in victory, and that you can't overcome thought patterns. The Bible gives us tools. I don't know if you guys wanted to comment on that or add anything to it. No, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, every situation needs to be approached with context, right? Like we can't broad brush anxiety situations. In some cases, there are individuals who genuinely have misfires in their brain that causes anxiety now of course that's not the the medical term like we said before we're not doctors but you know some people genuinely do have physical biological problems that cause anxiety and for those people they may in fact need the medication to help with like the biological issue but in other people's cases sometimes it it's just situational and you don't need the meds. What you need to do is change the way you're living your life, the way you're, you're perceiving things, you know, the whole fake it till you make it moment where it's like, sometimes you genuinely have to actively look for things to be thankful for, for things to be happy about. Otherwise you just get overwhelmed with you know, nonsense, and that causes anxiety. It's situational. It's not biological. 
And uh, I, I do believe that, especially for, for the situational case of anxiety, the Bible does give us instructions on how to think and how to behave and how to react to situations to minimize things like anxiety and crippling anxiety. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. 100% I agree with you, Greg. Um, for me, I agree with what you guys both said. Like, um, there, um, have definitely been times during, um, like quarantine where, you know, I've been really anxious about the future and like how things would proceed. Like I was going to be, uh, employed again. So how would that work out? Like, I've been so adaptive to this, um, like, current lifestyle of doing, like, nothing all day. Um, and even now, like, I'm still anxious when I go to work. There's no reason for it. Um, but, um, I guess you could also say that social media also has a part in it because, like, like you said, Greg, there's so many um, negative things all over social media recently and, like, over the past year. So, like, yesterday I was actively thinking about, like, deleting TikTok. I'm like, this is so addictive and it's so negative. Like, there's maybe, like, a very small percentage of like positive videos and all those positive videos are like of cats <laughs> but yeah yeah um you know and i think i really think this is timely for now because um, like what we're all going through because of the fact that everyone is affected by what what's happening and even I think the strongest of us, people we look at and say, these these are pillars, these are healthy individuals. This this doesn't escape anyone. This whole what what we've been dealing with in the past year. And it could be very easy to get very pessimistic. And the, because again, we've been constantly bombarded with negativity from the media. Now, there was actually a study that was done, and I can't remember who did it, so forgive me. But there was a study that was done, and they uh, this research, I don't know if it was a research company, whoever, whoever did the study was looking into the content of media that was being produced uh, in regards to COVID. So they found out that I think within the U.S., I don't know if this includes Canada, but Canada kind of responds the same way that the U.S. does. That 90%, I think they said, of the media, of what the media was saying about COVID was mostly negative. That even if positive things were happening, the media wasn't reporting on it. But then they were talking about other places, other countries. I can't, I don't know if they said the other countries in what I was listening to, but that when they would give you negative information, it would also sprinkle in some, you know, positive information as well. <clears throat> so you got to think that for, you know, North America, Canada, the United States, because Canadians were very close to the U S sometimes we can almost feel like, you know, in a way we're almost like one in the same because we, we share the same TV shows and, and, you know, where we live, we're very close to the border. We get their news channels. You know, we follow a lot of them on social media, um, like YouTubers or, or, you know, for Christians, a lot of uh, preachers, we follow them on social media. So we get a lot of their information. We hear them speak. We have been bombarded with a lot of negativity. And that even if, like, it's gotten to the point where if something good was said, then sometimes there would have to be the next day a correction. Like, okay, we might have said this, but now we have to bring back the negative. We have to, you know, and so people are getting to the place where if something positive would come out, like, hey, you know, we, we have vaccines that are effective at dealing with, with COVID. But not just one vaccine, multiple vaccines. That right away people would automatically start thinking negatively. 
oh, this is not going to work. There's going to be a problem. And then if something down the road does happen and there's a problem with either one of the vaccines or, you know, there's a variant outbreak, see, I told you so. And so they can't hear positive news. If anything is said that's truthful, you know, even if the media does come out and bring some facts that are true, people can't receive it. But if the minute something negative is said, people grab onto it, they're posting it. <clears throat> now, how do you get to that place? Was our society just constantly and like completely negative to begin with? No, there's a lot of people that were generally positive thinkers that because of this and because they've embraced that way of thinking, they've begun to create a, a, a pattern in, in how they think. And now it's towards the negative. You can actually do that. If you're constantly talking negatively, if you're constantly dwelling on the negative, you actually create in your brain. I don't know the scientific terms for that. So I'm not a scientist. I'm not a... What's that? Conditioning. Sure. You create in yourself that pattern. It's like you've made a highway in your brain almost, and it's always going to be flowing in that direction. But it doesn't have to stay that way. You can undo that. But it takes time. Well, guess what? The Bible actually tells us how we can go about doing that. So this is something we have to do ourselves. Now, God gives us the strength, but he's giving us the tools. That's not God zapping us. There. You, you, you have it now. Now you're going to be victorious. You get some Christians. <laughs> Oh, but you get some Christians that are in the extreme, forgive me, Calvinist wing of Christianity, where it's almost like God is a puppet master. Everything we do, what we, how we dress, how we think, how we comb our hair, when we take a shower, what we eat, when we walk down the street and we throw a piece of gum on the sidewalk, you know, if we, we choose to look at somebody or not look at somebody, you know, if we comment on the color of the sky or not, you know, we choose to like that post, not like that post. Every little thing is God pulling the strings. We have no say in it. That's how it is. So if you're walking in defeat, it's because God is ordaining you to walk in defeat. Uh, have you read the Bible? My extreme hyper-Calvinist sovereignty friends. Does the sovereignty of God mean for you that if you're doing terrible at life, it's because God is decreeing that you do terrible at life after he has clearly said in his word that he wants you to walk in victory? How do you deal with that? In your mind, how do you, and even you just thinking that way. If you're right, then me just saying this, that that's a contradiction that God is saying, I want you to be free, but I'm going to make sure you're not. Even me saying that is him deciding me to say that. How does that make sense? That, because it doesn't make sense. And that's not what the Bible says. Greg, are you saying God's not sovereign? No, no I'm not saying that. God is sovereign. But in his sovereignty, he has given us the ability to choose what we're going to do. And I know right there, I just lost a whole bunch of people. I'm a heretic, and they're going to create posts about me. Have fun. Okay, but I'm going to stick with the Word of God. I'm going to stick with the Bible. <laughs> well, I mean, even okay. Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. It doesn't yeah. say, by the way, God has forced you to serve him. So right. too bad for you. No, he says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether you go serve the Baals or whether you serve Yahweh. But I me think in people, my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve Yahweh. You know? I think people what they do is they get caught up when you say free will. And I think they're thinking that, you know, our free will is greater than God's sovereignty, that God can't do anything about it. And and if that is not what we believe either. You know, I believe that everything that is, even us deciding to, you know, go against God, God is allowing us to do it. If he didn't want us to do that, he would stop us. But that's not the point. We're going to, we'll do a podcast one day about, you know, about that. But today but is not that day. Today is not that day. That was just a little <laughs> bit of a rant. But you know what? That happens in podcasts. It's okay to rant. The whole point of a podcast is to listen to a rant. Um, if God has given us tools and says, this is what you need to do. 
then that means we need to do it. Whoa. Oh my goodness, really? Yes, my Christian brothers and sisters. No, you're not doing it in your own strength. You have the Holy Spirit within you that will enable you and help you and prompt you. But you need to move your hands. You need to pick up the Bible. You need to read it. What does it say? What did God tell me? And then you need to go to the Lord and actually put into practice what he said to do. And he says, if you do this, then this will happen. What did he say to do, Greg? What are the tools well, that he's Well, here we us? go. Well, actually, if you've been following our podcast for the past little while, then you know we've read the verses. But what we're going to do is we're going to get Robin. Flobin! She is going to read for us Philippians chapter 4. And she's going to read verses 6, 7, and 8. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Thank you, Robin. Welcome. And just to repeat, okay. that is Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8, in case you missed it. Yes, we get a lot of the, can you repeat the question, people? Yes. <laughs> that is basically the nickname of our Bible study group. Bible can study, you, can you repeat the question? It's like, how do you feel about this verse? There's, can you repeat the question? Okay. Or can you rephrase the question? Um, Uh-oh. I don't know how to rephrase. Define rephrase, please. Give me the dictionary version. <laughs> okay. Here is, which we believe is the word of God. Um, and right off the bat in verse six, it tells us to be anxious for nothing. And I think a lot of people then check out. Oh, forget it. Solve anxiety. Just don't be anxious. <laughs> Just don't be anxious. If it was that simple, <laughs> I think this planet would just, oh, really? Just don't be anxious? It doesn't stop there, though. No, of course. Most people just kind of yeah. check out there. Well, God says not to be anxious, so I guess just don't be anxious. But it it, it follows, right? Do not be anxious for everything. But, and that but, is the instructions on how exactly. to not be anxious. Well, how can I just yeah. not be anxious? It's not a switch that you flip in your brain. What it says is, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So what does that mean, Greg? What When you read that, what, what do you think? What, what does that mean to you? How does that lead to us not being anxious? Well, right away, as I'm looking at this, what comes to my mind is that there are going to be things that are going to cause us to be anxious. Now, this isn't just people who are dealing with, who have anxiety problems and mental health problems. This is for everybody. Every single Christian who walks this earth is going to have and come across situations that will cause their minds to wander, that will cause them to feel anxiety. Okay. So right off the bat, everybody's going to deal with this. You go, no, not me. Well, what a sheltered world you live in. Just wait until that wall comes down. Because every single person on this planet is going to face something that's really going to bother them. A death of a loved one. Someone getting sick. You know, losing a job. Not being able to pay the bills. Your hockey team is awful. <laughs> uh, you know, um, you, you might, you know, have, live in a neighborhood that's dangerous. I don't know. You know, there might be a natural disaster. What happens if your phone goes off and you got a tornado warning? Yeah, I, you should see the look on Robin's face right now. A, <laughs> what happens if the cat runs outside and you don't know where she went or she or whatever? 
Who's gonna, you know, what happens if the toilet backs up and doesn't flush anymore? What happens if your hot water tank explodes? What happens if you ran out of milk and you want cereal? Okay, we're getting a little <laughs> silly here, but this is the point: is that we're all going to face this. You don't have to have mental health problems to deal with to, to deal with anxiety. It's life. But now here the Bible is telling us this is what you do. So first, as we discussed, actually we discussed in the first one, right from the beginning, you go to verse four, talks about rejoicing in the Lord. So we need to create an attitude where we're in worship, where we're where our strength is coming from God, where you know we're praising Him. If right off the bat as a Christian you're not doing that, then that's going to be a problem. There is a freedom in worship. There is a victory in worship. And I'm not just talking about you know. Like, really, breakthrough, sing to God. Put the worship music on. Rejoice in it. You don't have to sing. Speak good things. Like, you know, Lord, I praise you. You're good. You know, thank him for things, which we actually get to in this verse. Now, why is that important for, you know, rejoicing? Because, well, one, rejoices, rejoicing in the Lord is a positive thing. It's not negative. So you begin to create pathways in your brain where it's it's positive because you're worshiping God. Worshiping God is good. You're you're glorifying Him. You're uplifting His name. Your your focus is on Him. If your focus is on God, then you're not going to be dwelling always in the negative. That doesn't mean that it's perfect. I just want to make that clear. This is not some type of formula that if you do it, it's going to be perfect every time. And then, oh my goodness, I, I'm rejoicing, but I'm still struggling here. What Am I a bad Christian? Some people will come along and say, yes, well, they're wrong. And they need to, they need to reread the scriptures. Because again, the Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. There's going to be a falling short. There's going to be, you know, this, we don't measure up. And it's not us, it's Christ. We don't go to him based on us. We go to him based on our standing in Jesus Christ. But then as we were reading verse 6, where it talks about being anxious for nothing, then it tells us by prayer, by, with, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So not only are we praising God and rejoicing, but that thing that is bothering us, that thing that is causing us stress, Take it and go to God in prayer. Christianity 101. Now this should be... It's I, like the old hymn, everything to God in prayer. Bring it to him. <clears throat> right. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what what is it? Oh, what joy. Yeah. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Amen. So if you are not bringing, honestly, that whatever it is is bothering you to God in prayer, then the victory that God promises after is not going to come. Whoa. Mind-boggling. But the sad thing is, is that in our Christian culture today, for many Christians, prayer is, it's forget, not even a priority. It's not on their list. There's Christians who haven't honestly prayed to God in years. Just think about that. Haven't prayed to God in years. They don't know how to pray. You give them the choice between going to a Christian rock concert and a prayer meeting, they're going to the rock concert and thinking that's a revival. I remember this, this saying, <laughs> this statement that I heard years ago. I forget who said it, but it is powerful. And it was something along the lines as, you know, you know how popular... Um, a guest speaker is or something by who goes to church on, on, on Sunday morning. And you, or, and then the second one is, you know how popular the pastor is by who goes to church Sunday night back when, you know, Sunday night churches was a thing. And then the third thing was, is you know how popular Jesus is by who goes to the prayer meeting. 
something along those lines. And their point was, is that, you know, unfortunately, more people go, will go to a Sunday morning guest speaker event than they would to the prayer house. And what should be happening is more people should be going into the prayer house. Now, I thank God that I grew up at a time in a church culture where godly men and women would meet multiple times a week to pray. And I was able to sit under that and see that. Yeah. A tail end of, I believe, a move of God that happened in the 80s and that, you know, that tail end happened in the, the mid-2000s. And then as time went on, you saw bit by bit, the prayer meeting stopped in some churches. Uh, Sunday night prayer, forget it, or, or service. I forget church to begin with now because <laughs> most churches are closed. But before COVID hit, this was the state that, you know, the churches were in. And that's not the broad brush. And I'm not saying that every church is like this. I do believe there are churches that they still have, that they're still having prayer meetings and people still go to it. So that's, that's wonderful. But did God just decide one day, I'm doing a new thing away with the prayer meetings. Away. That's what they'll say. Well, God's doing a new thing. Shutting everything down. Okay. And, and, and in doing that, more Christians have anxiety. More Christians are living in defeat. More people are falling away from the faith. Church numbers, in some cases, uh, not every church, but the church, some churches, uh, you know, the, the numbers are dropping. Do you see the connection? I know what what's I'm the saying. connection. What could it possibly be? What could it be? It just—it's going way over my head. Maybe they're not serving enough coffee. That's got to be it. I mean, that might have a small part to play. <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Let's not go too far with the coffee nonsense here, okay? That is an important part of the church. Um, <laughs> Maybe they right. didn't play enough secular music for the worship. Well, you know, yeah, we'll get into that in a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of these roads we can go down. Um, but let's not only just put this on the churches. What you see happening in these churches where this is happening is because that's what's happening in people's private life. If people aren't going to prayer meetings in church because they're not praying at home. Now, and I know so right away someone's going to be like, oh, are you saying that that if someone didn't go to the prayer meeting, they weren't praying at home? No, no, no. We know that there are all, so many reasons why people couldn't show up to a prayer meeting. You know, people have families, they have jobs. I get it. I'm not saying that because I know, I, oh, you said this. You know, oh, of course. Terrible. But when but, the church corporately is saying we don't value corporate prayer enough to even make it an option, that's kind of a bad sign. Like, let's right. be real. Where, what are people doing in their home lives? Are people seeking God? Like, you know, and we talk about people who are busy. Yes, we know people are busy. Okay, now when you have free time, you put the kids to bed, you're not working, what do you go to? Well, we had somebody in our podcast who actually admitted that something is a little addictive. TikTok, social media, television. If we're, if our downtime, if the time we have that's free is spent only in those things and we don't have time for God, it's not that we don't have time for God. We don't make time for God. Yeah. 24 hours in a day. Yeah. There's people that can spend hours and hours doing nothing. And I'm not going to sit here and lecture people because I've done it too. Yep. I've had to repent of that. Redeem the time. And I find that for me personally, the less that I'm in prayer and the more I'm doing other things, and I'm not saying those things are necessarily sinful. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, you watch TV, you sin. That's not what we're saying. Again, just there's so many things we'll be accused of saying after this. It'll be amazing. We should have like a list. What they said, the, the number one at the top, they said get rid of your medication, that they're doctors. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, like every every week from now on, we should just have a list of things Christian service did not actually say. Right. Um, but the point is, is that if you can't make time for God, 
then when problems in life come, you're going to be anxious because you're not bringing it to prayer. And it talks about two things, and I know we looked at it in the like before, prayer and supplication. <clears throat> and one of them was talking about, I think in, in the original uh, Greek, and again, I'm not a Greek scholar. This is going to be another one of those things. Greg thinks he's a Greek scholar. They'll cut it out in just a way. Where, see, Greg just said he was a Greek scholar. Um, I think the idea, because it's like, well, why would they put two prayers, prayer and supplication? Well, one is this is a part of your normal prayer life. This is you set time apart every day to see God. So when when you're doing that, um, we're just, you know, you go and you bring that request to God. Then the supplication part is now this is over and above what you're already doing. It's like, okay, this thing is serious. Hmm. Okay. This, what we're dealing with with COVID is serious. It's affecting me. I need to go and seek God on top of what I'm already doing with that request. You know, or maybe your mental health has deteriorated so bad you are on medication and it is bothering you and it's hindering you and you'd like to to meet with the Lord and help to have him help you. You need to, on top of what you're doing with prayer, go and seek him and pray that he would come in your life and intervene and and do a work. You know, or if to just <clears throat> work stresses you out, whatever it is, on top of your normal prayer life. Go and seek him. He holds the answers. He can make a way where there is no way. And then it says, with thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank him for what he's going to do. I've actually experienced this in church <clears throat> where the pastor gets up after worship and says, why don't you just begin to thank God for, you know, everything he's done for you. And then people begin to start audibly thanking him in prayer. I know that might scare some people. What you pray out loud in church. Oh my goodness. But yes, we are Pentecostal pause. Let the people that don't like us pause it and get out. <laughs> some people don't like Pentecostal. We're Pentecostal. And we believe in talking out loud in church, actually audibly praising God. You're going to be surprised, you know, in Book of Revelation, when we get to heaven, people are going to be doing that. It could be audibly praising God. Um, and so back to what I was saying, in the church service, we were audibly thanking God, and I even felt it. There was a bit of a freedom then. Like, you sense this freedom. Like, if there was a heaviness in your life, it was lifted off. Just by thanking God. Lord, I thank you for your, for what you've done. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your salvation. I th And just thank him. So just we'll just give an example. Let's just say in your family someone is sick. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. Someone is sick. So you go in your prayer time while you're praying for your daily needs and whatnot. Bible says pray for, you know, give us our day, this daily bread. Begin to then add that into your prayer life. Lord, I pray for so-and-so that you would bring healing into their life, that you would touch them, that you would you know, bring peace in the family. And then on top of that, then make extra time. Okay, I need to really seek God over this situation. I'm going to pray more intently in supplication. I'm going to go and pray. Lord, this person needs healing. Father, we need a breakthrough. Lord, guide the doctors to deal with the problem. Father, that this would not be unto death, so on and so forth. And then begin to thank him with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you that you're the God that heals. I thank you I can bring this request to you. I thank you, Lord, that even if there was a worst-case scenario, you're going to bring us through. I thank you that you're good. I thank you, Lord. And, and watch and see just how in that little thing you can have the peace of God in your life. Put it into practice. Do it. Do it now. Do it. It's right there. Do it. Get to the prayer chopper. Get to the prayer chopper. <laughs> There's a lot of you out there that need to get to the prayer chopper. Do it now. <laughs> get to the prayer tunnel. Get to the prayer boats. I know for me, like, I don't know how many people have non-Christian friends or, like, people in their life who can encourage them to pray, but... I know for me, I'm really, uh, like, grateful and lucky to have, like, my boss 
who's not even a Christian, like encouraged me to pray. Like every time I see him, he's like, okay, so have you been praying for me? Like when's the last time you prayed for me? And he keeps me accountable. So I'm really lucky to have that. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like I would have never expected somebody like who's not a Christian to like care about, you know, my personal prayer life <laughs> that is good uh so yeah um i think we've made our point for this podcast i don't know if any you guys have a final thought no i, I'm I mean the scripture speaks for itself at this point you know like come to god in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Like, we're not saying, oh yes, prayer, it's a magical thing, and that magical thing will magically uh, make you uh, feel better about your life. No, this is Christ. When you go to somebody with your problems that you trust, that you care about, and you know they care about you, oftentimes just talking to them about the issue makes it a lot easier. And in this case, knowing that Jesus Christ is omnipotent, he is sovereign, and he has all authority in heaven and earth, letting him know your requests, your supplications, and knowing that he has the authority to take care of it, by its own right, will bring peace. And yeah. you know, scripture speaks for itself in this case. Absolutely. The Ezrasaurus Rex is right. Okay. You're, it's not a magical formula. You're talking to the God of the universe, your heavenly father, who cares about you. And that with all he needs to do is speak the word and the situation turns good. Yeah. yeah you know, um, but again, if you're if you haven't started in a lifestyle of prayer and worship, then you're going to be anxious. And also, I know people are going to say, "But I do pray, I do worship, but I'm still anxious." Okay. Sometimes it's it it it's it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like that. You know, if you're sick and you need to be given antibiotics and you take that first pill, it's not like I take the pill. I'm done. But I wasn't healed. The antibiotics didn't work. It doesn't work, people. Um, <laughs> no, what does it say? It says take the whole thing. Take the 10 days. Take the whole course of medication. You have to, have to, have to. So that's that's like this. If it doesn't come today, keep seeking God. And just bit by bit by bit by bit, even if it takes years, don't give up. Because he says... And we're going to read this in the next podcast. And the peace of God. We're going to talk about the peace of God and how he will calm the waters, so to speak, in our lives. So we'll leave you with that. Uh, I am your one of the co-hosts of the Fancy Files. Uh, Greg with the extra, the extra, Ezrasaurus Rex and Robin the Flobin. Getting in and out of the flow. Not quite sure what the flow is today, but she'll figure it out. Um, yeah, does anyone have any... Did, did you want to mention something about merch? Yes, I did. If you are uh, somebody that really wants to support Christian service and you're really happy with uh, the content that you're getting, uh, just check out in the description below. We're going to leave a link to our merch. You can get uh, fancy t-shirts. You can get some nice sweatshirts or... New edition, we've got a brand new travel <coughs> mug with the Christian Service logo on it. So uh, just check it out, and uh, if you want to support us by uh, getting some merch, go ahead and do that. And uh, be, be sure to check out our other content on the, uh, the channel. We've got uh, Dear Christian Service is a new series we're starting where... You know, we're answering quick five-minute questions uh, regarding the faith, regarding apologetics in some cases, and uh, just questions about what the Bible says on certain subjects. So uh, if you've got questions for us, feel free to put them down in the comments below and let us know what you think about uh, 
about what uh, Philippians 4 is saying. Um, yeah. And uh, I will add, even if you think we're doing a terrible job and you despise Christian service, still get you want to know you want to know <laughs> go and buy the merch but like, i'll show them so bad i'll buy their merch from them i'll teach them to keep <laughs> all right guys thank you very much if you've listened all the way through you win a christian service no prize uh until next time god bless and have a very good rest of the week month year whenever you listen to it